Oh my god, hi. This is Devin from Disney Adult, a podcast brought to you by the Trident Network. On Disney Adult, we bring together Chicago comedians to watch and discuss Disney movies from the perspective of adults. In these movies, there are things we love, things we hate, things that maybe haven't aged so well, and things that are timeless. Uh, The Trident Network's wonderful podcasts, including Disney Adult, can be found anywhere you get your podcasts. Subscribe today. Does he say hello at some point? I don't know. He definitely says good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> I'm sure in the movie, Robin Williams says hello to somebody. I'm maybe. sure he does. I'm sure he does. It's a great uh, film. Welcome to the Tournament Podcast. I'm Nia D'Amelio. He's Trent Dozier. And I'm very excited Ooh. to introduce a guest, uh, my friend, Rebecca Sigmund. Hello, Rebecca. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. Rebecca and I went to graduate school together. Wow. And she... Where was that at? (laughs) I'm not... I refuse to plug Northwestern. Oh, I did it! (laughs) We went to graduate school at Northwestern. Go Cats. Um, (laughs) uh, Go Big Red. she is one of the kindest, smartest individuals I know. And she also loves pop culture, just hey. like we do. I so I was like, we got to get Rebecca the perfect guest. on the pod. Yes. I have to interrupt and say that um, I'm checking off a bucket list item to work with Nia again post-grad school. In the middle of grad school, I was like, I have to work with her again after grad school somehow, some way. <laughs> so bucket list checked. This is only just the beginning, baby. And we're back on Zoom, so this has got to feel exactly like grad school. <laughs> exactly did. like, yeah, exactly like my most of my grad school, um, and I guess most of yours too. Um, we're we're really excited to have Rebecca on in general, um, and we talked about several things that we could do with her um, because I kind of have a sense of what she likes, um, and then I think. Rebecca brought up the fact that we had done a final project on this topic. So I was pitching her all these other things. And then she was like, what if we just talked about kind of what we did for our final project? And I was like, that's genius. Um, So the topic this week is uh, which late night host Mm -hmm. is the best late night host. Mm -hmm. And our, our paper... This was a while ago, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Rebecca, but our paper was specifically on John Oliver and then kind of zoomed out into focusing on Comedy Central. Correct, because the impetus was to look at Comscore, which houses all this internet data, look at a category, which we looked at humor, and then to discern something from it. And we all really wanted to talk about John Oliver in our group, uh, and we found some really interesting correlations between what the internet says comedy is and and then what John Oliver is and, frankly, what all of late night is. I think there's this this Mm. meme culture of you know using it to oh, po- yeah. politicize satirize mock 
and celebrate um, humor. That was actually a quote from our paper, if I remember correctly, and it was kind of the impetus of that idea. Uh, and I think late night does something similar. And in the internet, it's memes, and on late night, it's what everybody's currently doing in that space. So. Yeah, that's a really way good summary of our paper. Uh, there were there were memes in the paper. Oh, yeah. So, kids, if you are interested in studying memes, um, we'll link to the paper. Yeah, in the <laughs> link show to notes. the paper. Link to the program that we both yeah. did at Northwestern. Um, so you can you too can write about memes uh, in your paper. Of course, um, <clears throat> Rebecca's interested in humor. Trent and I are also interested in humor. I'm a proud former comedian trent's a current comedian <laughs> i would say i would say you are a former improviser i would say yeah. you're still a comedian yeah I once mean, a comedian always a comedian i guess well thanks that's kind of you i mean you you haven't made me laugh in years but. okay moving on <laughs> um so should we just jump right into this i I'm fully prepared to do so. Thoughts? Th- any thoughts before we run through the rankings or anything like that from anybody? No. I'll have. I mean, obviously, I'll have some clerical stuff once we great get into it. But great. currently, no. Okay, cool. Then let's let's go right in. Okay, I am the one who built the list for this one. Yes. Pat on the back, applause for me. Thank, thank you, you, everybody. Trent. And I did thank you. Thank you. I love enough. my fans. Thank you. <laughs> Um, here's what I did. I took nine different lists, and there were more than nine on the internet, but, um, I took these nine lists of best late night hosts, Mm -hmm. and I ranked, uh, or, uh, all the hosts got seated by their average ranking on all of the lists, plus they were weighted, uh, based on how many of the nine lists they appeared on mm-hmm. um those nine lists would be courtesy of um imdb wrkr business insider rolling stone next luxury ranker watch mojo and two separate cinema blend two lists. separate cinema blend lists yeah one was like so here's here's one of the biggest problems i ran into i think and this i think it ended up working out but um you know, I looked at over probably 20 lists, and some of the lists were, like, best current late-night hosts, and then some of the lists were like best ever late-night hosts. Okay. So there was a – it was – I don't know. In the end, I am I feel pretty good about where we landed, I think, with who's in and who's out and yada, yeah, yada, yada. But, I think so, too. Um, before we talk about who's in – Oh, yeah. Here are some, but not all – of uh, the late night hosts who did not make the cut. They are Dick Cavett, Jack Parr, Steve Allen, Ed Sullivan, Joan Rivers, Chelsea Handler, Chevy Chase, and Graham Norton. Uh, I know you wanted to talk about Graham. There's a lot of people on this list I have things to say about. I was surprised. I mean, there were some other people, too, on the list who, like Magic Johnson showed up on a bunch of lists because he had some... Famous basketball player Magic Johnson and current partial owner of the Los Angeles Dodgers had some type of – it only lasted like six – either six weeks or six months or something. I did not know about this. Did you um, know about this, Rebecca? Magic no. Johnson's show? No. Seems like it was bad, so. No. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so there were a couple other peoples, but uh, those who I just listed seem to be the big ones. And then you, we, you and I specifically talked about Graham Norton – 
whether yeah. to include him or not because he i feel like is very known culturally yes but everybody else on the the 18 hosts who are on our list are all like they're not all american but they are they're all on american based television. in america yeah yeah yes um well i'll of those of that list um i think firstly i would like to say dick cavett hosted a late night show i wouldn't call him a comedian but he do you know who dick cavett is no do you know who dick, dick cavett i know is the name i couldn't reference him if i tried yeah if you if you like want to watch an interview with any musician from the 1970s, you can watch them on Dick Cavett. Mm. So I have seen many a clip of his show just because so many of my favorite musicians mm. were on the Dick Cavett show in the 70s. Uh, similarly, Ed Sullivan, I feel like if, you know, if like the Beatles, like, you know, lots of artists True. started on Ed Sullivan. Um, Joan Rivers... Hmm. I don't know what to say about her. I know that she filled in for Johnny Carson a lot. Um, and then, of course, became, you know, she was a comedian anyway. But uh, Chelsea Handler, I've never found, she's not my style. I think uh, of this list, Ch- Chelsea Handler definitely has an argument where she should have been included. Should have been on think, the list. Yeah. What do you think, Rebecca? I do think she fills a unique space. Same, not my cup of tea, but it's still worthwhile to be at the table for sure. So I would probably, I would also say of the people on that list, she would probably be the one that if I had to, as much as I love Graham Norton, um, she might be the one that I would throw into the mix. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Should we should we have a little discussion about Graham Norton? Yes, let's do it. So him. Graham Norton, most famous, of course, for his role in Eurovision Song Contest, the, <laughs> yes, the saga of fire and ice. Yeah. I love that. Story of fire. The story saga. of fire saga. Um, yeah, he is. He's the judge, isn't he? Or he's the he's host the of Eurovision. No, he's the announcer of Eurovision. Oh, my God. He's announcing them as they mess up. If you haven't seen that movie on Netflix, we're really big fans of that movie. Yeah, I don't know if it's good. <laughs> Highly or not, recommend. But it is an absolute favorite. Oh, you like that yes, movie too? Highly recommend. <laughs> so good. Um, that was like early quarantine. That was like yes. March 2020. Yeah. Eurovision. I think was. it was March 2020. Mm. Um, Great you, times. You know, Graham Norton, like, I'm thankful for the internet because I feel like I wouldn't get to see mm. Graham Norton any other way. I think, I think the British way of doing television which is to have all the guests on at once is great i wish we did that more um and he's just really charismatic and uh he gets personal without being like ellen no offense to ellen but you know what i'm saying I do. like he he has like a rapport with everybody I he's feel good like. at his job yeah and that's hard yeah. to balance that many i mean he he will have a couch full of like a-list celebrities with big personalities and he manages to get them all to let their guard down tell you and like they're telling each other's stories and so it's mm-hmm. it takes a special human to control that room but and he does it beautifully i've tried to be able to watch full episodes to get access to it i would sit down and watch full episodes not just clips of that mm. show but so good so good 
Um, anybody else on the list you want to touch on, or are we ready to get into the people who are actually competing for the top prize this week? I'm good. I'm good. Rebecca? I'm good. Okay, here we go. Goodbye to all those people and many (laughs) others. Uh, this week we have an interesting tournament. We have an 18-seater. So there's going to be a play-in round, essentially, between the bottom four seeds. Um, but otherwise, you know... It'll play out like a 16-seater, basically. Four yeah. rounds. Yeah. Um, here are the 18 late-night hosts who are in the tournament. We have the 18-seed, Larry Wilmore. The 17-seed, Amber Ruffin. The 16-seed, Seth Myers. The 15-seed, Samantha B. The 14-seed, John Oliver. The 13-seed, Craig Ferguson. The 12-seed, Trevor Noah. The 11th seed, James Corden. Boo. That's okay, a personal boo going. for me. The 10th seed, Arsenio <laughs> Hall. The 9th seed, Johnny Carson. The 8th seed, Jay Leno. The 7th seed, Bill Maher. The 6th seed, John Stewart. The 5th seed, David Letterman. The 4th seed, Stephen Colbert. The 3th seed, Jimmy Kimmel. The 2th seed, Jimmy Fallon. And the number one seed, my personal favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you my personal least favorite, James Corden. My personal favorite is the number one seed, Conan O'Brien. Oh, let's go. <clears throat> I'm excited to get into these matchups. Okay, here are the matchups. The left side of the bracket. Uh, let's just uh, all introduce the matchups on the left side, and then we'll talk about them, mm-hmm. and then pop over to the right. Sound good with everybody? Mm-hmm. Great. Left side of the bracket is the one-seeded Conan versus the winner of the 16-seeded Seth Myers versus the 17-seeded Amber Ruffin, the 8-seeded Jay Leno versus the 9-seeded Johnny Carson, the 4-seeded Stephen Colbert versus the 13-seeded Craig Ferguson, and the 5-seeded David Letterman versus the 12-seeded Trevor Noah. We will start with the play-in matchup of the 16-seeded Seth Myers and the 17-seeded Amber Ruffin. I was... First of all, Amber Ruffin appeared on zero of the nine lists, but she is a current active, you know, late night host. Mm -hmm. And I wanted, I assumed she was going to be on the list. And then when she wasn't, I was like, I'm going to finagle this, quite frankly, Mm -hmm. so that she is a part of this tournament because I think she absolutely deserves to be. Mm -hmm. That's my first point. My second point, I was shocked to see Seth Meyers rank 16th. I thought that would be higher. I'm not. Okay. But we can discuss. Those are my two. Those would be my two thoughts. A couple of NBC properties, Seth and Amber. <laughs> now, Rebecca, you said that you had thoughts on Amber Ruffin. I and do. I'm curious about what they might be. So I love her. I mean, I, before I knew your reasoning for setting up the bracket, I thought they were paired together for the obvious reason of her starting on his show. So it's interesting to mm. see how they were actually paired together. Um, and I understand Amber doesn't have as much visibility um, as Seth. Uh, I think her show is weekly on Peacock, and his is, of course, nightly on network TV. But Amber Ruffin, yeah. you'll have to stop me. This is the biggest soapbox I will get on, I promise. Get, get on, on it. I adore her. She Because there's this concept that I was introduced to in grad school that I've been just – it's kind of just been gnawing at me, and I haven't stopped thinking about it since – I, I read this concept and I was like, I need a modern non-theater uh, example. And she is it. And essentially, 
um august wilson for those of you that are theater people he's a playwright he did this very very famous speech the ground uh, on which i stand where he pleads for artists of color particularly black americans to really seize their their power in their art and uh he uses the phrase separate but just hmm. meaning it's not enough to just say, well, now a black actor can play Hamlet, for example. That's not the goal. The goal of having more voices in the room is that those voices are giving equal weight and status and authority and authenticity to their work. And not they don't have to play by the standards of mainstream entertainment, whatever it is, whether it's theater or late night. And because mainstream has been historically synonymous with white, that white creators have set the rules of the game and set the standards mm -hmm. and that creating a separate but just space is the ultimate goal and i just love that concept because it it's really gets to the heart of what we mean when we say we need more voices in the room and i think she's mm -hmm. the quintessential example of that um especially in late night i think that she is the example of what happens when you give someone who's been historically excluded uh, a platform, an equal platform. Oh, well, we could get into a discussion on if it's equal or not. Like I said, she's weekly. She's just on right. Peacock, yeah. Peacock. She's not on network t TV every night. But she particularly, like, when she, her segment that I absolutely love is How We Got Here. I love that segment, and only she can do it. I only want to hear mm -hmm. that breakdown from her. Um, and so I think she's just brilliant and, like, the quintessential example of what happens when we not just let people who've been excluded in the room, but let them do their thing the way that only they can. Um, that she doesn't try to speak for every black American, every woman, but she does speak from a place of a black woman and the complete power that that has uh, across late night and I think she's she's amazing I understand that she doesn't get the same visibility and that she probably will not win her matchup because a lot of people probably haven't seen her or they've only seen her yeah. on Seth's bit um, the joke Seth can't tell mm -hmm. um, but <laughs> I that's my thoughts on her is when I first saw her show I was like that's it that's the thing that I've been thinking about yeah so that's my thoughts on her <laughs> yeah I love that. Oh, Rebecca. Yes. Um, we have, we also have something that Trent didn't mention when he talked about An Amber Ruffin was that we know a few people who write for her show. Yes. Oh, no way. And yes. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's been really exciting. Like in light of what you said to see all those people, they're all people we knew from the Chicago comedy scene. Yeah. And it's been really exciting to watch, watch pretty much a space like, they got to like a space for them to go basically yeah like because they're all so talented more people who we thought should be spotlighted and right slowly but finally it's right it's happening and now they like all right for the amber ruffin show yeah so that's great. amazing um i will say <clears throat> on seth myers to pivot um i'm not surprised that he's ranked low i'm gonna say off the bat that probably uh, the thing I care most about is how good of an interviewer you are for late night. And I think that Seth is, and I don't know why, but I think he's bad at interviewing. Mm. And I don't, I don't know why that is like, but I've seen him interview and he like, can't get 
he can't get like a conversation going. Hmm. I don't know. I don't get it. I think it's because he's best, and it took him a long time, which is another reason why I think he's came in low, um, and will probably come in low in this bracket. Is he's at his best when he's in that weekend update space? Like when he first started his show, I was obsessed with Jimmy Fallon, who we'll get to, and so I would stay on to watch Seth, and it was so bad. Uh, And then it took him a long time to realize he didn't have to do like the traditional monologue, and and. He's not a great interviewer. He's not. He it took him a while to realize he can sit behind the desk. A closer look mm-hmm. is really where he excels, and so I think he is best when he's giving like a really long form weekend update, <laughs> which mm-hmm. doesn't fill an hour of late night. Right. Unfortunately right. for him. Right. Yeah. He's. Yeah. I guess he's not like because a late night show. I mean, obviously, we have some people on the list who have, you know, bucked the traditional form but like traditionally it's a variety show and Seth doesn't excel at the variety part so I'm not surprised he's low um on the list I I love Seth Meyers yeah I don't love his show um I do think I don't know it depends on as always it depends on who this bracket gets to yeah I think he'll win but I don't think he should I agree agree you too. Yeah. All right. I think it doesn't matter because in the end, either one of these people will lose to Conan. That I also believe that Conan will will beat both of them, and deservedly so. <laughs> Conan, for me, is pretty much he. Once he moved to TBS, that was the only late night show I ever watched with any consistency. Mm-hmm. And then when I moved to Chicago, you know, I lost cable basically Mm -hmm. and so i kind of fell out of it but i still like i listen to conan's podcast every week and he is the one that i care about the most of this group and um i was happy to see he was number one yeah number one yeah i was a little surprised um and he was only one of two people along with jimmy fallon who's the two seed who appeared on all nine lists yeah everybody else um appeared on eight or fewer Mm -hmm. so you know i'm rooting for conan he's the best (laughs) i love conan um and want to tell us why you love conan i just he takes the most risks comedically i feel like Mm -hmm. and he is a great interviewer Mm -hmm. um and great laugh great laugh and he's like uh i don't i have trouble putting it into words but he i feel like uh reaches every generation Mm -hmm. if that makes sense Mm -hmm. sure that's at least that's what i think yeah i think he has um a really strong fan base to be honest with you i haven't watched a lot of conan my when i think of conan i think about the people in my life who love him because it seems Mm -hmm. like the people i love um and attract the people who love comedy the people who love theater like uh i know he's up there for my partner david he's one of his favorites my friend robert they both have tried to get me to watch a lot of conan and if your listener demographic is anything like my friends which i imagine it is i imagine (laughs) he will be very successful in this bracket (laughs) Yeah, I I agree. I think that I also never really watched Conan. Um, I definitely never watched Late Night with Conan O'Brien. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, the great and we I'm sure we can talk more about this when we talk about Jay Leno very soon. But like the great 
uh, betrayal mm-hmm. by NBC against Conan, I feel like is what I don't know, remember when that happened, but I feel like I was just at the point when I was like sort of developing a sense of humor. And so that is the first, unfortunately for Conan, that's the first thing I think of when I think of Conan O'Brien mm-hmm. is like the big move to TBS and mm-hmm. the creation of Team Coco, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. But I think that um, he is a great interviewer, like yeah. you said. I think that Conan has a point of view. Yeah. I think he's got the strongest point of view of maybe anybody on this list. And I think that's why he resonates with people because even if you don't agree with him, you're like, this guy's got convictions yeah. and I respect that. <laughs> you he know, is a he's a relentless goofball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I, I respect Conan a lot. Um, and I know that he is respected in this group of people as well mm-hmm. um as was evidenced at by the emmy awards this mm-hmm. year um so i know that i know that even late night hosts love conan and respect him as a late night host well maybe except for jay, mr let's move, on. Let's move <laughs> transition to jay excellent segue the eight seed of jay leno versus the nine seed of johnny carson what an odd matchup mm-hmm. i gotta think the johnny carson being ninth is purely because I think he <laughs> I think he should probably be higher because he's mm. like the iconic you know mm-hmm. um, and I think he's so low you know ninth not terribly low in general I guess but I think he is so low on this list because half of the lists were like best current talk show hosts mm-hmm. and Johnny mm-hmm. Carson is not a current talk show host right otherwise I would imagine he would have I I would have assumed top three mm-hmm. um. But yeah, obviously I didn't watch a ton of Johnny Carson growing up because he was <laughs> off the air. I think that if if I also have never really watched Johnny Carson late night, um, I'll say two things mm-hmm. about him. First of all, as as always, contractually obligated to talk about the Beach Boys on this podcast. There is a <laughs> oh song called Johnny God. Carson on their album Love You that's crazy and it's all about Johnny Carson and how he hosts the Tonight Show. So check that out. Johnny. I'll link it in the show notes. It's one of Trent's favorite. Uh, I do like song. it. I honestly am surprised. I when we were talking <laughs> last night, you and I, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm excited to." In my mind, I was like excited to talk to about, talk about Johnny Carson the song, <laughs> and then now here we are, and I totally forgot about it. Of course, well, you I'll never forget. forget. Yeah. Um, but the real comment that I have about Johnny Carson is that I feel like, and this is true, and Rebecca, I feel like you'll, this will resonate with you. Like Johnny Carson like a lot of things in the 70s and 80s, had such a lock on his corner of the market mm-hmm. simply because there wasn't... Anybody else. All, yeah, yeah, there wasn't as much choice as there is now. And so Johnny Carson is like the father of comedy. Like, because if you got to... Like, if Johnny invited you yes. over after your five minutes, yes. that was like your ticket, you yeah. know? And so... Like, there's so many comedians even working today still who are like, when I got invited over by Johnny, you know, like, so it's like he's got this sort of, uh, you know, like the grandfather of comedy thing going for him. And of course, I I assume he was great at variety. He uh, he seems (laughs) like an everyman and he seems, I don't know, he just kind of seems like the right guy at the right time. Yeah. What do you think? Agreed. I will say I know the least about this matchup for the exact same reasons. You know, before my time, 
market so saturated now it's hard to keep up with current content let alone go back and watch old episodes of johnny carson but that is Mm -hmm. the same right i know that's what you always hear about johnny right people getting invited over this couch um that he started so many careers uh he founded this format so like everything in a way does go back to him um and so i know more of the legend and the format than the actual content um but yeah, I completely, completely agree. And yeah, my first foray into Jay was definitely the the Jay and Conan O'Brien like controversy. So I'm on the exact same page as you. We were talking to my dad about Jay Leno because we we saw him. You guys seeing this? We talked to we talked to my dad the other day. You hear about this? Great Jay Leno impression. And um, he he was like Jay Leno ripped off Howard Stern, which I didn't know. And I feel like Jay Leno has managed to piss off every single generation. Um, And I can't believe that NBC put so much stock in him Mm. when, when like, I feel like nobody likes him. And Conan's the voice of the people? Yeah. (laughs) I just don't really get it. I mean, I I would hope Johnny Carson wins this matchup. I would assume he would. I don't. I would assume he would, too. I mean, if you have... Like you said, Jay Leno's managed to upset people who love younger people who love Colt Conan, uh, older people like my parents. You know, they always talk about Johnny Carson and speaking of a variety, like he actually interviewed like regular people. That's what my dad always says about late night, right? He's like, yeah, no one ever brings normal people on anymore. It's all celebrities. And, and so I think he had a variety mm-hmm. just in like the types of guests he brought on especially if it's about interviewing and that's yeah. a whole other ball game is it's one thing to interview people who are interviewed for a living you know do press tours for every project but to right. interview regular people and to keep that um interesting and help them through that process i think also made him one of the best for that reason so for sure that's i think an excellent win. point mm-hmm. Ugh, okay fingers freaking crossed that <laughs> johnny beats jay you yeah. guys well, don't vote for jay leno <laughs> i do think this is very interesting because you know, just in terms of storyline, a Conan versus Jay Leno matchup would be juicy because I think Conan would win and get his revenge. Truly, Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, but um, the Johnny Carson-Conan matchup is extremely interesting because, you know, as always, depending on who's voting and depending on what best means to you, every tournament, what does best mean to you, um, I could see Johnny Carson upsetting Conan. I think Conan, wow. Conan will be my pick. Obviously, because I love Conan. Yeah. Conan would be my individual pick, but I also think that people will pull through for me here. Come I on, do attorneys. Too. I, I think Conan will win. But I think it's, you know, as we've said, Johnny Carson, the godfather of this medium, mm-hmm. it's completely plausible to see him making a run. I mean, like, my, my parents vote, Trent's parents vote, maybe Rebecca's parents vote. You know, that's some that's some votes right there for Johnny Carson. Well, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe they love Conan. I know my mom doesn't, but I can't speak for any other parent. Your mom doesn't love Conan or your mom doesn't know anything about Conan? Both. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure she's got an opinion, even if she doesn't know. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's kind of her her thing. Um, should we move on? Let's. Uh, the lower half of the uh, left side of the bracket, first matchup is the four-seeded Stephen Colbert versus the 13-seeded Craig Ferguson. These are a couple of CBS properties going head to head. I know. Now. It's crazy how it kind of lined up like this. Yeah. Rebecca was 
doing like a fist bump in the air. <laughs> Who was that for? Craig or Steven? Oh, Steven, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. I, co- I call him Colby Bear. He doesn't know that, but oh. that's my affectionate nickname for him. Be, uh, well, he went to Northwestern. We could. How do we send that up the pipeline? That that's what you call him. Well, here there's ways to get in touch with him. I'm sure. Well, he'll my partner has met his son. My partner Whoa. has met his son. Yeah, because he is a student at Northwestern, and I mean, it was a very wow. casual, like, oh hi, you know, like just a in, brief interaction. I think he's an RTVF major. Or, I mean, don't quote me. I'm not I an mean, expert classic. on the Colbert family. But, um, but yeah, I think his son <laughs> at least was there pre-pandemic. I don't know if he graduated or not. But <laughs> Did you watch the Colbert Rapport? I did not. That was before my time. I got into comedy a little late. I never watched an episode of SNL. Never watched Late Night until a, a good year into undergrad. Um, granted, that was like 10 years ago almost. So I have to stop using that as an excuse. <laughs> but uh, I did not watch the Colbert Report. I've gone back and watched a few clips from it. But um, yeah, mostly, I mean, it's yeah. different than it's different. The Late Show. Yeah, for sure. No, he's he's extremely personable oh. and. Um, also very authentic i think that's why people like him Mm. um i he's not my favorite current of like the big networks yeah colbert Um, report i don't watch what's his show the the late Late show the late show i don't think i've ever i really like his theme i've seen you know (laughs) clips from certain interviews but yeah the colbert report was what i watched and then when he left comedy central i was like okay yeah good luck I think that certainly shows Stephen Colbert's versatility that certainly. he's able to sh- yeah. to host a show as a character and as himself and yeah. do both successfully. Um, yeah, he's. I mean, he's good. Yeah, I like him. I think I think he'll win this matchup. He's I think going, so too. He's going against Craig Ferguson now retired, but Craig was also on uh, CBS and he was on the Late Late Show. I think was his yes, show. Yes, he was. Yeah. I have only two things to say about Craig Ferguson. I never watched the show, but for never having watched the show, what I remember most about it was that he did his monologue with the camera up so that he was like, it was looking down on him Mm -hmm. and it was kind of like a Mm fisheye view. Like, I just remember that like irked me when I was little. He would also, you know, he'd be standing far this is not going to play for anybody but you and Rebecca because you're the only two people who can see me. But he would stand far away, not necessarily far away, but he would stand, you know, centered. And then, and then if he like wanted to make a point, to the... he'd run into the camera yeah. and, like, you know, make his point. So that, like, but that didn't sit well with me when I would see promotions for it. But I'm sure, I recognize now that I'm sure that's, like, a huge innovation of the form and, like, you know, is very good for Craig Ferguson. The only other thing that I know about him is that his right-hand man was a skeleton. I remember that, too. Whereas, like, you know, Fallon has Higgins and uh, Colbert has his band leader. Um, He feels a little Conan-y to me in a way that I love. Yeah. In terms of, like... I know you like him. Taking risks and, like, trying stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Breaking yeah. the form, so to speak. What are your thoughts on Craig Ferguson? I don't know much about him. A clip here or there, and that's it. And I think because Steven is at the top of his game right now, in my personal opinion, I think so too. and Craig is yeah. not current, that alone would tip this matchup. But I think Steven, love him. So, Colby Bear is both like mainstream, <laughs> right? Network TV. Mm-hmm. Pro- relatively prime slot time slot 
um, but also is very thoughtfully political in his content. He also gets critical acclaim. Mm-hmm. So he has this really awesome balance between like a cult following. Like when people sh- like chant Steven on his show, I could like kick a door down. I'm like, yeah, that's right, Steven. I love it. <laughs> uh, it's it's amazing. So he balances that cult following plus being pretty mainstream and critically relevant. So he manages to do it all and I adore him. Final right. matchup. Okay. Final matchup on the left side of the bracket opening round is the five seeded David Letterman and the twelve seeded Trevor Noah. This feels like apples and oranges to I, compare these I, two. I yeah. completely agree. Okay, who do you want to talk about first? Oof, I don't know. I mean, who do you think will win this? It, I tre- I hope Trevor wins. Uh huh. Me too. Okay. Recency. It depends on who's going to vote. It depends on who's going to vote. I think recency could help that Trevor also at the top of his game and David Letterman yeah. also not yeah. recent. So it might be a similar to the Colbert Ferguson matchup. I think Trevor Noah excelled better than anybody during pandemic. I thought his pandemic content was better. Mm. I think he transitioned to pandemic content better than any other late night host that's when i really started watching him and it, it oh, he mm-hmm. stayed in his little bubble with his hoodies yep. longer yeah. after everybody else had kind of gone back to studio because he didn't need to because he's just that good <laughs> um yeah. yeah yeah i agree i i really enjoy trevor and i think that he had um uh i know we'll talk about him later uh, he had big shoes to fill with john stewart yeah. a lot of people are like culty about John Stewart. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and he also had a rocky entrance into the Daily Show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that he, I've watched old clips of the Daily Show when it was in studio, and I think he is an excellent interviewer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's v- sharply funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and I agree that he excelled at, at, at home stuff. And I don't know if that's because he's younger than everybody else or what, but I feel like he knew how to use a computer unlike <laughs> the rest of these old kooks. <laughs> well, like I'm like I'm about to like go off the deep end for Jimmy Fallon because he's like one of my favorite people ever. So like we'll get there, but like Jimmy Fallon was at home with his kids. Jimmy Kimmel was at home with his kids. Stephen Colbert had what's his wife Evie. <laughs> Evie, like, in the background. Everyone was, like, this family man. And Trevor was, like, in his apartment, like, you know, kind of... He just had a totally different tone that worked better for an online audience. And I think he really leaned into that. Um, And I also think, I'll say that Jordan Klepper is absolutely his secret weapon. Yes. Uh, Incredible. a big fan of Jordan Klepper. It's also... I uh, totally agree with the apples to oranges thing. Because I do think there was a version of this tournament where the list is specifically the late night hosts currently and of the past Mm -hmm. of the big three networks. Mm -hmm. CBS, NBC, ABC. Mm -hmm. I guess Fox, too. They don't really have one, do they? No, they don't. Anyways, um, so it's very, like, Trevor Noah, Jon Stewart, John Oliver... Bill Maher, who we'll talk about. Like, these are all... Amber Ruffin is a good example because she's, you know, on Peacock. Like, all of these are very, like... They're different. They are doing a different thing. Mm -hmm. And um, 
it's going to be – I am interested to see how that plays. I also – like, the problem with Trevor winning this is that I feel like people who love David Letterman are, like, crazy about him. Well, I True. also feel like Letterman is, you know, whatever. He's fine, in my opinion. But, like, he I agree. Was, He's fine. He was formative for people. Right. And I really think he picked up – he was on a different network, but he was the – successor to johnny carson i think well he was gonna be do you know this story no please okay yet another person slighted by jay leno he was supposed to be johnny carson's successor and they chose jay leno i don't know what nb i don't know what gun jay leno is holding to nbc's head but like he has slighted every like three people on this list it's unbelievable it's unbelievable but that's why people like David Letterman because that's why he has a culty status because people followed him to CBS. Mm. They were like, NBC is dead to us. You should have been the late yeah. the Tonight Show host. He's, we're gonna go to you. He, I I think he's like fine as a in terms of humor, but he's a good interviewer. He's and, great, and he you know kept that going with his Netflix show. And I think that the something like. I feel like a lot, a lot of these people, I don't know their segments. I know top tens, and that's David yeah. Letterman. And yeah. that's like, I mean, that's a huge thing. If, like, if I know it, because I don't know a lot of the segments, like, that says that it has some kind of cultural staying power, I would say. Rebecca, thoughts on Dave? Agreed. Haven't watched much of it, because, again, before my time, but it doesn't matter, right? You just know David Letterman. I think if yeah. I think if the criteria for evaluation is late-night host, it should probably go to David Letterman, hands down. I think mm. if the criteria for evaluation is, like, what human do I wish I could just plug myself into their brain, it's Trevor. Mm. <laughs> I think out of yeah. anybody on this list, he's the quickest, the sharpest, like you said, the... the wittiest i go to him when i need to when i get into a political argument with somebody or i get into a conversation and i'm like man i cannot describe this well myself i'm like watch this trevor video he explains it great yeah. um and mm-hmm. so i think as an individual in that realm because a lot of these uh late night folks are super political in a good way uh now it, it would be him like he's at the top of that list for me his he has this untouched uh, or unparalleled combo of intelligence and, intelligence and charisma that other people on this list have some of, but I think he has the most of that combo. But I think if the criteria is late night host, then it'll probably go to Letterman. I'm going to pick Stephen Colbert, and then I'm, I'm going to say Trevor moves on, and I'm going to say Stephen Colbert beats Trevor. I That's think, my prediction. I th- I think Letterman will win. I I think we're in agreement that the three of us would vote for Trevor Noah mm-hmm. over David Letterman, but I do think David Letterman will win. But I do think Stephen Colbert would beat either, either of, of them. them. So then that gives us Conan versus Stephen. Colbert. Conan versus Colby. <laughs> That's hard. I don't know. Do you want to move to the right side before we decide? Sure. I mean Conan for me, but sure. Colby <laughs> there. Right. I- Okay, I'll think on it and get back to you Okay, the right (laughs) side of the bracket. Yeah, a couple of irrational lovers over here. Yeah, those are your favorite people. It's up to you. You'll split the vote. Okay, cool. Um, (laughs) The right side of the bracket, the matchups are as follows. The two-seeded Jimmy Fallon will take on the winner of the 15-seeded Samantha Bee and the 18-seeded Larry Wilmore. 
the seven-seeded Bill Maher versus the ten-seeded Arsenio Hall. And in the bottom half of the right side of the bracket, we have the three-seeded Jimmy Kimmel versus the 14-seeded John Oliver and the six-seeded John Stewart versus the 11-seeded, boo, James Corden. <laughs> Gosh. The play-in, the 15-seed, Samantha B versus the 18-seed, Larry Wilmore. These Both of these people were on The Daily Show, right? Mm-hmm. They were both Daily Show correspondents. Correct. They are not the only... Uh, who else was on... Stephen Colbert, Stephen Colbert um, and John Oliver. John Oliver. Yeah. Um, okay. I've never watched Larry Wilmore's show. Mm-hmm. Hate to say. I like Samantha B a lot. I like her sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all I have to say. I feel like you well, guys could Well, so Larry, Larry took over for Stephen Colbert on Comedy Central, the after Daily Show show, mm-hmm. basically. But it was a different name. Yeah. Shoot. And now he has a different name. Yeah, he didn't host the Colbert Report. Yeah. <laughs> shoot, I, I can't remember. It was like... Like News of the World or something. With... I feel like Nightly was in the title. Yeah. Anyways, his his show that he did for Peacock, which is now on a... He wasn't... Uh, it was basically an election special, mm. but for weeks. It was called The Larry Wilmore Show, I'm pretty sure. Um. Larry is another one. He's got a podcast on the Ringer Network, which, as Nia knows, is my go-to. Mm-hmm. Um, the Larry Wilmore podcast is called Black on the Air. Mm. Um, and I listen to his podcast. It's weekly. Maybe once every... No, it's weekly, I think. Episodes on Saturday. Anyways, I like it. You should check it out. I also like Larry Wilmore. Um, Samantha B was another kind of... Um, uh, I don't... I think Team Coco was a part of it. And anybody who was on TBS, basically Conan was like trying to you know boost these voices up Dion cole who was he's a stand-up and he was a writer on conan for a long time he got a show after conan for a while um all that is to say samantha b full frontal with samantha b that was the only one that really stuck Mm. of all those other shows Mm -hmm. um but i agree she's very funny this is i mean this is such a hard matchup because they're both like you know larry being on peacock same thing with amber ruffin where it's just like samantha b is only on tbs as compared to like the networks but like that's still more reach than peacock you know mm-hmm. but I, I i really like both of them and i think either one will lose to jimmy fallon and that's unfortunate but um they're both great i my pick i think would be samantha b would would my prediction would be samantha b if i had to pick i wouldn't i would abstain okay rebecca what do you think? yeah i think she'll win she's had more uh, just more visibility, like you said, more staying power. Her show has stuck more. I think I I love her. What little I've seen of her content, I should say. I haven't watched a lot of her show. I've watched more of her stuff than I have Larry's. Uh, but I think when she her deep dives kind of rival that of John Oliver. Like she's very thoughtful and can do really long form mm-hmm. educational deconstructions of things that are happening in the world uh and so i love her for that um and i think she'll I, she'll definitely win and will probably lose to jimmy yeah <laughs> well should we talk about jimmy fallon do it also larry wilmore's show on comedy central was called the nightly show good job confirmed <laughs> um okay when jimmy fallon became the host of the tonight show i think i watched every single episode for like a year me too. You did too. I did too. I, I love him. 
<laughs> and like being in being in circles of comedians like we're friends with a lot of improvisers they don't like him and i don't understand why he is so positive and so funny and i love steve higgins and i love the roots it's really the only mm. late night show that like i keep up with and like i know like all of their segments and all of their games and i just think that jimmy fallon was the thing that makes Jimmy Fallon such a good host is his humility. He doesn't think that he's anybody and he just enjoys everybody's company. And that's like such a good quality to have in a host. He's like, welcome to my show. Like he's just such a dork. And I love him, love him, love him seemingly. Rebecca also loves him. Oh, yes. We have very, very similar stories to when he took over. I did not miss an episode for at least a year. I was a junior in college when he transitioned to Tonight Show, and I remember watching every episode. My roommates knew every night I was watching The Tonight Show. The day he took <laughs> over his first Tonight Show night was a huge deal. We used to do Secret Santas with my uh, friends in college, and the person who got me my senior year gave me one of his book. It was a compilation of his uh, thank you notes, I think. Like, everybody mm. just... I had an inside joke. Well, not really that much of an inside joke, but with another friend in college who we would do the Funkin' Go Nuts dance every time we walked by each other. Like, pe my friends in college knew me. At, like, that was part of my identity was watching Jimmy every night. Mm. Mm. Yes! I love that and endorse it. What 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 makes you love him? I th a lot of the things you said. I like that he's an everyman. That he doesn't try to be. And again, you know, I love, 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 love those on this list that are freaking intelligent. The Trevor Noahs, the Stephen Colbert's. They're too smart for their own girl good, and I love that. Um, but I love that he doesn't. And they don't necessarily try to be smarter than everybody else. But Jimmy, like you said, he doesn't have to be the funniest person in the room. He doesn't have to be the smartest person in the room. He's just so excited to surround himself with the people he gets to surround himself with in his job. And that's how I like to live my life. That's why I chose creative industries. That's why I found theater was because I'm like, I just want to surround myself with interesting people. I don't really care what I do. I just want to be around those yeah. those folks. And I feel yeah, like he embodies yeah. that, that he's so freaking excited to just be there and be in the room mm -hmm. and that energy. Mm -hmm. And I have all his mediocre films on DVD. Like I, and I don't care <laughs> how he even admits they're bad. They're better than I think he thinks they are, which again goes back to his humility. But I just love mm -hmm. him. He was the You're first. big Fever Pitch fan. Oh, yeah. Fever Pitch, all of that. His, his, Friendship with Justin Timberlake, who was my first favorite celebrity. NSYNC was my mm -hmm. first favorite band. And so I think their relationship um, just kind of rocketed Jimmy to the top of my list. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 I love Jimmy Fallon, and I think... I think he'll beat both people in the next yes. Yes. bracket. Jimmy will take on the winner of the seven-seated Bill Maher and the ten-seated Arsenio Hall. We'll start with Bill Maher because I know Nia's got some thoughts on old BM. My big thought about Bill Maher is that I hate him. I think, <laughs> I think he is a horrible person. He, like you said, uh, Stephen and Trevor were like two people who were too smart for their own good, but they don't act like the smartest person in the room. 
Bill Maher mm-hmm. acts like the smartest person in the room. I've never seen somebody who thinks so highly of himself. I don't know why anybody likes him. He is literally, like, the word smarmy is the first word that comes to mind to describe him. I think he's disgusting. I hate him. The end. <laughs> Those are my thoughts on Bill Maher. Nice. I don't, I don't really, I've never watched a show. I don't really care about it. Um so I don't have any thoughts, Rebecca. <laughs> this is the other matchup that I don't have a lot of thoughts on. Um, I've not watched either of their shows um, to prove how little I... I mean, I'm more familiar with Arsenio Hall as a person, um, but I've not watched either of their shows. Um, I think the only clip of Arsenio Hall's show I've watched, I don't even know if they showed a clip. When I think about his show, I think about a scene from Full House where Michelle sneaks out of bed at night and it says she wants to watch Arsenio. End of exposure I've had to the Arsenio Hall show. <laughs> Full house callback, baby. Full house callback. Also, Arsenio, I feel like I know Arsenio from SNL. And, oh, really? um, yeah. Yes. Okay, keep going. <laughs> um, but Arsenio, I feel like, is sort of a, um, you, you know, like he's like a, a groundbreaking host. Totally. And he totally. had, he had a, was it called the dog pound? Oh, 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 oh Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, oh. Like he had his own culture in yeah. the show. And I feel like that, you know, like at a time when Johnny Carson's still on the air, I don't know who's up. Maybe David Letterman had gone to CBS. Well, no, that wouldn't make sense in the timeline. I don't know who else was on the air um, besides Johnny Carson, but I feel like at a time when the late night show was pretty standard across the board, Arsenio kind of came in and was like, we're going to make something new. Yeah. We're going to make something ours. So he deserves to be to win against Bill Maher anyway, but it helps that I hate Bill Maher. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree. <laughs> I do think he deserves to beat Bill Maher. Yeah. Um, also, how could you not talk about Arsenio without at least mentioning Bill Clinton playing the saxophone on Arsenio? <laughs> yes. That's like an iconic American moment yeah. that when Bill Clinton played the saxophone on Arsenio Hall. So we're all taking Arsenio over Bill Maher, but we all think Jimmy Fallon will beat Arsenio. I think that's yes. true. Yes. Great. The bottom half of the right side of the bracket, the three-seeded Jimmy Kimmel versus the 14-seeded John Oliver. I know you're a big uh, J.O. fan. We're Nina. both big John Oliver fans. Yeah. Um, I'll say that Rebecca might have even... I think maybe you both have heard me say this before, but I was never a big fan of Jon Stewart, which we'll get to. Okay. But Jon Stewart was, like, away in, like, Egypt for, like, three months one summer. Mm-hmm. And John Oliver was the host of The Daily Show. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know how... But I watched The Daily Show every time John Oliver hosted, which was weird because I didn't watch The Daily Show. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, I found out about John Oliver, and it was right when the Anthony Weiner scandal was happening, <laughs> and he used to play this song um, called Danger, and John Oliver would do this dance. Um, and, you know, he's such a nerd. Uh, when he got his own show on HBO, I was so thrilled because I just think that he is so magnetic and so cares yeah. so much. And um, I know that people like to make fun of him, you know, just because he's like, you know, like, you're wrong. You know, like he kind of <laughs> talks like really excitedly. But I think he is so smart and so funny and also incredibly humble. Um I would 
I would also say, going back to Rebecca's earlier point about Trevor Noah in the pandemic, I thought John Oliver also adapted the pandemic very well. Here in this blank void. Yeah. Yes, yes, the void. Yeah. I miss the void. <laughs> See, he made a void fun. But John Oliver yeah. encapsulates everything I love about comedy. I wasn't exposed mm. to comedy at a young age. I you know, grew up in a very rural area. I somehow happened onto the high school theater team and found my people. Um, and growing up in that venue, like drama is king. Like even at mm. high school one act competitions, right? Doesn't matter what the content is, what the acting is. If you show up and can cry on cue, you will win. And so it was ingrained in me that comedy is silly. Mm. It's less than, which I mean, we can have that debate. That's not that's not a new debate. Um, and then I went to college, and my last project um, was dramaturging for a play where I spent a lot of time reading and talking about the idea of a trickster, the idea of humor breaking down walls and humor how it's necessary when you talk about sacred things and important things and how humor is the one thing that instantly gives us common ground you don't have to say anything mm -hmm. if you're in an audience together and everybody laughs like that's the most profound thing and that we have to have that before we can get to like harder conversations and so that's why john oliver i think is like the quintessential when it comes to comedy is that he talks about these issues he gives us facts he gives us references he he basically gives us a thesis on the topic of the week but it only works because of his comedy and i think he does it yeah. better than anybody else and it, that his show alone is an argument for the importance of comedy in all aspects of I life i totally agree because because people learn things from uh last week tonight mm -hmm. in a way that they don't learn it even from something like the daily show which is like really centered around politics um john oliver is a teacher mm -hmm. in addition to being a comedian um and i you know obviously he's kind of the emmy darling of the late night space right now and i think that a lot of people like him um a lot of people also like jimmy kimmel and i feel like i've turned around on jimmy kimmel uh, he was someone who I was sort of dismissive of when he first came onto the scene. I mean, he's been hosting for a long time now, but I feel like something cracked in Jimmy when Trump got elected and he, yeah. he became much more, I think, who he has always been. But I think he, I, I think earlier in his career, and it makes total sense, you know, he was trying to be a late night host and now I think he's just trying to be Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. And so I, I like... I've my respect for him has gone up a lot. Um, I think he's genuinely funny uh, as a as a human being, and he has sort of a biting sense of humor that mm -hmm. has come out more over time. Yes, I love that he's the ABC host because anything on ABC, you're just like, oh Disney. And now I like that it's sort of like this edgy version of Jimmy Kimmel, and they're they're still with him, um, and he gets pretty good ratings from what I understand. I think he. Um, is sort of beloved I, and I think also I know some of his segments I think like the most like one of his most famous segments is the Halloween candy segment um I thought you were gonna say mean tweets mean tweets he does the people on the street mm -hmm. um on Hollywood Boulevard uh, cousin Sal uh oh yeah and then of course 
I I enjoy that his sidekick is Guillermo. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like that. I don't know. Guillermo was a gate attendant at the Warner Brother lot, who became Guillermo. Yeah. And I just like I like that he made that happen for Guillermo. Um, I think and hope John Oliver will win, but I like Jimmy Kimmel. Yes, I actually do think John Oliver will win here too. Jimmy Kimmel, to me, we are, as we have mentioned, friends with a bunch of comedians. Mm -hmm. He, to me, amongst comedians, feels like the least talked about. Yeah, I agree. Like, people talk, I hear more about Fallon, Conan, Colbert, even, like, freaking Letterman than about Jimmy Kimmel. I agree. Um, But I agree with what you're saying about Mean Tweets and Halloween Candy. Like, he's got, I've never really sat down and watched Kimmel, but... You know, I am familiar with these segments. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also agree. I do. I love him personally, and I love his humor. I actually think he's a, a bad interviewer. I don't. I could see that. I don't love I've that. seen I've seen good interviews with him, and I've seen bad interviews well, with him. Well, so I think the thing is, if he knows the person, and they already have a rapport, it's going to be a good interview. Yeah. But if they don't, it's going to be tougher yeah and um there you know conan is someone who comes to mind who he has a great interview with everybody i Mm -hmm. think whether he has a relationship with them or not um but i like i said i i I do love jimmy as a comedian and i love his sense of humor um but i do think we are primed for an upset here john oliver what are your thoughts on jimmy kimmel this was the matchup i was most upset about because Of all the matchups, it's the one that I wanted both people to at least make it past the first round. It also took me a little while to warm up to Jimmy Kimmel, and it finally hit me the other day. I was watching um, a segment, his monologue, something on YouTube, and I... It, I realized what I like about him, and it's that he's like one half, like no holds bar, like political takedowns, and one half dad jokes. And that's what I love about him. (laughs) I love that combination. It makes him appear smart but not smarter not smarter than everybody else just smart but also relatable uh and and so i he will definitely lose um not to jinx it definitely <laughs> lose to john oliver um not a prayer against john oliver not a prayer <laughs> that brings us to our final matchup of the opening round the six seed of john stewart <clears throat> Let's talk about Jon Stewart first so that, you know, everybody can talk about how much they hate James Corden after this. Everybody's making, you know, thumbs down anti-James Corden. Jon Stewart, uh, obviously, is sort of another, you know, like, daddy of the form. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, The Daily Show wasn't his, um, which I think is so interesting. Craig Kilborn, the original host. Craig Kilborn, also someone who I probably should have mentioned in the left off the list portion of the podcast i think it really says something and i I mean i guess you could say the same thing about johnny carson when someone associates a show with you and you weren't the one who made it i I think that really speaks to how good at the show you were yeah (laughs) um and the daily show for like all intents and purposes is john stewart's show Mm -hmm. um I've never just, I just never really resonated with him. I don't know. He whispered a lot. It's such a stupid critique. But I feel like the way he delivers jokes um, is a little bit like, 
I don't even know. I don't know. The uh, some kind of attitude around the way that he delivers jokes like just doesn't mesh with me, but I recognize uh that he's very good and he's a good interviewer. Yeah. Um and he uh, he is also someone who cares a whole lot. Yes. Um and sort of pay- definitely paved the way for the amount of care that John Oliver puts into last week tonight. Um of course John Oliver also started on the Daily Show, mm-hmm. but uh you know, John Stewart, I think, really, I mean, he'll definitely beat James Corden, deserves to be, to beat James Corden, deserves to go far in this tournament. Mm-hmm. Other thoughts on John Stewart? Oh, yeah, definitely beat James Corden. I think if Carson is, like, the father of this format in general, I think John Stewart's the father of, like, the second wave of it, of this mm-hmm. progressive... Um, edgier experimenting with different formats different bits different comedy styles like he's the father of that and we have him to thank for a lot of other people on this list um even people on this list like steve carell like Mm -hmm. i think his show and even though i did not watch his show back when he hosted it i know a lot about him i enjoy him as a person i love the rapport he has with the people that were on his show like i love seeing him do interviews with steven or seeing Samantha B and John Stewart and John Oliver like in a room together like it's a really lovely thing and I think he started a lot of positive things for the late night format late night community yeah and he also has a cult following and will win this hands down <laughs> yeah for yeah sure. uh you know Conan as I said is to me the truth of late night but <laughs> John Stewart was my gateway into late night as I mm-hmm. mentioned earlier like that was the Daily Show with Jon Stewart was the first thing that I really in high school started tuning into frequently. And then Conan kind of took over from there. It was interesting. I feel like Jon Stewart ending and Conan moving to TBS in my head was all kind of around the same time. And I just transitioned from him to Conan. But um, certainly, certainly right. I think Jon Stewart should win this matchup. Okay, I'll go first, okay? Because I feel like I honestly ha- d- dislike him the least based on everybody's reactions here. Um, I have only very recently started disliking James Corden. I know people hate him now. Welcome to the party, Nia. Listen, okay? If there's... And I should have mentioned this when we talked about Graham Norton. I am a huge One Direction fan, okay? And... James Corden, at the time when One Direction was popular, like 2014, like the height of their fame, James Corden is very good friends with One Direction. And they would, they would talk about, like, they went to his wedding. Like, I, so to me, I was like, oh, he's friends with One Direction. He's good in my book. Like, that's literally, that was my only, like, opinion on him. Then he gets the Late Late Show. I love Carpool Karaoke. I'm sorry to say, everybody, but I love that. And I think that he is talented. Like, he is a good singer, and I think he's funny. Okay, okay, okay. But I hear he's a terrible person. And so now I'm out on James Corden. Uh, But that's what I will say. I think maybe Rebecca should go next. <laughs> I do enjoy a good carpool karaoke. 
I too enjoy One Direction. Um, I <laughs> love how many times Harry Styles has been on his show, co-hosted his show. Love Harry Styles. Oh, um, but I and that's not that I hate James Corden. It's just that like he can't. I don't think hold a candle to almost anybody else on this list. I think mm-hmm. we, we talked about Graham Norton and how James kind of tries to bring everybody out at once, but like once you've seen Graham Norton do it, you're like James, no, 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 no. Yeah, like, you can't. You cannot do that too because you cannot do it half as well as he can. There has mm-hmm. been a lot of collective hate for James Corden. Like everybody was like, why did he have to host the Friends reunion? And then I saw what I assume was fake <laughs> petition online about like keeping him away from the Wicked movie because he had already done the Friends reunion. He had done like Cats. Oh God, I'm gonna start on Cats. And now he, like he's just in everything, and it's like keep him away from the he's Wicked movie. He's in every musical. Yes, he's yeah. in everything, and so I think there is this collective like even people who don't hate him are just like we don't need more of him. I wouldn't say I hate James Corden, <laughs> but I might. <laughs> so this gives I us. I think you've said it. <laughs> this gives us. This gives us the matchup of the six seated John Stewart versus the fourteen seated John Oliver. How brutal! John versus John, I'm mentor picking, versus mentee. I'm gonna pick. Uh, I think John Oliver will win. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. John Oliver will, will definitely win. I think. Okay. I'll. I'll agree. We're riding the John Oliver train. Wow. And then Jimmy versus John Oliver. Oh, my God. Yeah, okay, my two okay, favorite okay, okay, people. Pause. Hold on. So this, we're in the final four now. Yeah. And the matchups that we are predicting uh-huh. are the one-seeded Conan O'Brien versus the four-seeded Stephen Colbert on the left side of the bracket. Uh-huh. And the two-seeded Jimmy Fallon versus the 14-seeded John <laughs> Oliver on the right side of the bracket. Yes. Jimmy versus John. What do we got? Jimmy Johns. I think John Oliver will beat Jimmy Fallon. I do too. Definitely. I do too. I think Jimmy Fallon has kind of like a... He's kind of got the easiest road. This is like his first hard matchup. Yeah. And he's going to get spanked, I think. I think so. His too. little bottom's going to get spanked. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to spank his little bottom. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you being John Oliver. Yes. Sounds like something John Oliver would <laughs> yeah. say. It does. I got it. I got there. I realize I have um, rose-colored glasses when it comes to John Oliver. That lovely Englishman can do no wrong in my eyes. So yeah, yeah. I think John Oliver. I'm gonna stick with John Oliver on the right side. And then I told you I would think about the Conan versus Stephen matchup, and I think that Conan will make it on the left side. And one thing we didn't talk about is I know Jimmy Fallon took a hit, you know, a couple years ago when there was that Trump interview where he, like, played with Trump's hair, and, like, a lot of people were trying to get him to be more political, like a lot of other people on this list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's not his MO yeah. necessarily. I don't think it... I think, I, yeah. think, I think they're steering away from politics because you're afraid, and then they're steering away from politics because that's not what you do best. And I think yeah. right. with Jimmy, it's just not what he does best. Uh, and so... I think I could not agree more. He's also smart enough to look at the, the landscape and be like, Jimmy Kimmel's going after it. Mm-hmm. Stephen Colbert's going after it. I can fill a different void. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. I, I hate that criticism of him. Me because too. I'm like, you just want another show where somebody, like, he is giving you something different. And yeah. he's giving you, he's giving you joy. Like, Jimmy Fallon is unbridled joy. Uh, I could go on. I love him so much. Okay, I'm glad you mentioned it. <laughs> I love him so much. 
But he will, I think he'll lose to John Oliver. Yeah, he probably will. Yeah. And then. And so then, then we all have John Oliver versus. You and I have Conan, Conan and versus Rebecca's John got Oliver Stephen. and Stephen Colbert versus John Oliver. Oh, yeah. My Colby Bear has to make it to the finals. Yeah. I mean, you you already know I'm picking Conan. I know. Okay. I think John Oliver will win the whole thing. That feels right from you. That should be. <laughs> I feel like that should be your pick. I'm pick. I'm putting my stake in the ground. What do you think, Rebecca? Uh, I think picking between John Oliver and Colby Bear is like picking between like... I don't know. Your children. Yes, your children. Your Sophie's like, choice. <laughs> yes, like breathing and like drinking water. Like I need both to survive. <laughs> like I yeah. can't pick. Yeah. Uh, if I had to pick, like. Oh, if you had to. had to pick. I think, see, as a human, it depends on what, what's my criteria, which is always my struggle with your brackets because you very strategically say which is better. You don't say which is better at this or at that. That's right. You just leave it open That's to interpretation. Right. So if I interpret it as like which human am I picking? I'm picking Colby Bear. Which show am I picking? Which fo- like format? I'm picking John Oliver. So I guess I will say John Oliver because I should go by show, not by human. Whoa. Yeah, baby. There it is. We got a Conan and two John Olivers. Yeah. And like Rebecca said, this is for all you attorneys at Pod. Every week, it's what does best mean to you? So you can be which format do you like the best? That can inform your voting. Which person do you like the best? That can inform your voting. Who's the best host at like literally hosting? Who's got the best bits? You know, mm-hmm. it can be anything. It can be a combination of things. You know, as always, what does best mean to you? Okay. That's it. You two both think John Oliver's going to win. I think yep. Conan's going to win. Here is the details mm-hmm. on the voting. The play-in round voting will take place on Monday, November 29th. Opening round voting will then take place on Tuesday, November 30th. Quarterfinal voting will take place on Wednesday, December 1st. Semifinal voting will be on Thursday, no uh excuse me thursday december 2nd and finals voting will be on friday december 3rd which means we have a special saturday episode it's been a while i think since we've had a Uh saturday episode the winner of the tournament will be revealed on a brand new episode of the podcast on saturday december 4th uh i was about to say 14th but that's incorrect i heard that in your voice i heard saturday december 4th uh if you would like to vote boy would we love that always love some participation uh if you would like to vote there are a couple ways you can access our our vote center first it is linked in the show notes of this episode of this podcast that you are listening to right now you can click that link that'll take you to the vote center you can also visit our web page which is the tridentnetwork.com slash the dash tourney dash pod you can click the vote now button there and that'll take you to our vote center or finally you can follow us on any of our social media at the attorney pod um facebook instagram twitter we post the link to vote daily so as long as you're following us there or on one of those you should be able to find it um we love when people vote yes we couldn't do the show without (laughs) your vote literally um i just want to say thank you rebecca for coming on the show um, she's got a hot little blog mm. if she would like to talk about it. Tell the people, if she would like to, then I force you. Um, tell the people what your blog's about because I feel like this, especially Val, 
founder of the Trident Network, would mm-hmm. really like what your blog is about? That's a good question of what my blog is about. Do I know that answer? Um, if I were Always f- hard when you're the person closest to it, I get it. It is hard. And if I'm being honest, I think the best part about my blog is the graphics, which I did not design. My partner did. Um, but my blog, my blog, sorry, I'll actually plug in. Um, it's Becca's Babble. It's very basic. It's basically, like many folks, you know, started something during quarantine just to flex those muscles, to have conversation, to get out of my own head when we were all stuck indoors. And I like to talk about topics of entertainment and media and art in an accessible way, something not too academic, but not um, too just me shouting my opinions. I think I think I first got into it because I was really hyper focused on some of the stuff that Disney Plus was doing and cutting from their platform, and then I did a series on reboot television. I have very strong opinions on what makes reboot or revival television successful or not successful. It's not inherently bad or good. It, it stems from why they decide to create it in the first place or why they decide to bring something back. But anyway. That's my blog. I think I just finished like a five-parter on reboot television, and now I don't know what I'm doing next. So <laughs> keep an eye out. Once I decide, it'll be out. Yeah, keep an eye out. Um, a lot of good dis. If you are a Disney person, and I know that a lot of people who listen to this podcast are Disney people. We are Disney people. We are Disney people. <laughs> um, a lot of good Disney stuff. Um, I had such a freaking blast. Um, yeah, that's all. That's it. Okay. Well, thank you as always for you folks listening, uh, for joining us on this journey called Tourney. And remember, may the thing with the most votes win. Thanks for listening to the Tournament Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and follow the podcast wherever you listen. A five-star rating or a positive review is helpful and appreciated, too. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at The Tourney Pod. You can email us at thetournamentpodcast at gmail.com, or you can visit our webpage at thetridentnetwork.com slash the-tourney-pod. The Tournament Podcast is part of the Trident Network. To learn more about the Trident Network's videos, live shows and other podcasts please visit the tridentnetwork.com you can also support the podcast by donating to the trident network's patreon at patreon.com slash the trident network the tournament podcast is edited by nia d'amelio that's me the theme music was also composed by nia d'amelio who is also me tune in saturday to find out who won our best late night show host tournament <laughs>